What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brooke. Welcome back to episode number 32 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. If you want to learn more about the podcast, check out our website at craftedpodcast.com. We also live stream there every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you want to catch us there or in our app, uh, if you just search for Crafted Podcast on the iOS or Android store, you can download our app free of charge and stream with us and chat with us. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we also launched a Patreon here in the last couple months, and that has been really awesome to have you guys supporting us. I want to mention our top patron this week, that is Make, Build, Modify, as always, and our new patron this week, uh, Christopher Pixley. So thank you, Chris, and uh, thank Speaking, you. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt, but um, I feel <laughs> like uh, Justin from Make, Build, Modify is building some really, really, really cool stuff lately. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, he is... Like, you know, you compare like the early stuff he put out. It was it's a uh, pretty rudimentary, basic stuff. Not saying that's all he was capable of, but like his builds are actually getting to be really cool. Did you see the twisty lamp that he built? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he posted on his Instagram. But I, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how he did that because it's super cool, and I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. He that- does crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, I I, I remember seeing his like vacuum tube usb stick things uh months ago like totally awesome awesome stuff so anyway uh i'll introduce my co-hosts here uh james wright from wood by wright can't be without his uh incredible intros oh well you didn't lead it in quite right so i have to get get to change this a little bit (laughs) thank you for what's going on james <laughs> James by right, as I said last week, and you caught me off guard. And, uh, you know what happens when that occurs. <laughs> and Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? Hey. So uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back on the podcast. Uh, that missing that one week, man, that totally bummed me out. So good to be back in the rhythm and uh excited for the next month man we've got some crazy stuff coming up over the next month uh so i'm I'm, I'm excited so i guess at the top of the show let's go ahead and mention shout out oklahoma again uh the three of us will be there uh in in oklahoma Uh, june 23rd and 24th is the main event i think we're all arriving on the 22nd and we'll be there uh leaving on the 25th so Come hang out. It's going to be a ton of video creators. Uh, I know Jay Bates, Nick Ferry, ton of people, um, all three of us. We're going to be collaborating on another project. Oh, Jimmy DeResta's coming, really? Yep. Cool. Cool. So, who? yeah. <laughs> Jimmy who? Dirista. I think that's how you pronounce De- it. <laughs> Dirista. <laughs> awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, hopefully you guys can join us. Uh, it's like kind of a camp out event, so you don't really have to worry too much about, you know, lodging and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of all, so it's kind of like Woodstock for woodworkers. So, um, it should be a lot of fun there. So I guess, uh, with that out of the way, let's talk about what we've been working on. James, what you got going? I have been working, uh, actually, uh, just yesterday I finished a saw bench, um, which, if you don't know what that is, it is a, a short bench about the about chair height, about three foot long, and it makes it far easier for ripping boards um, quickly with a handsaw. Are those the ones that uh, uh, would um, why can't I think of the name of a show? It's like the most Royal renowned. Man. Yeah, he uses those guys a lot, doesn't he? Oh yeah, you like kneel on them or sit yeah. on them, yep. and no, yeah. anytime you're using a, a handsaw, it is. A, a fantastic way to saw. It's very ergonomic. Feels good and allows you to to rip through boards really quickly. He had so a the problem. Uh, he had an episode on those. That was really cool. It was like yeah. highlight them. Anyway, I just haven't had the space to have one in my shop until just recently. So that's why I'm finally getting around to it. But uh, the big thing in the shop right now is I'm actually just now starting in on my new main bench. And this is going to be like my dream bench. The things that I really want to put into it. Um, yeah, and I'm having a lot of fun with this solid white oak. Um, I'm I'm guessing in the end it will be somewhere around 500 pounds. Wow, Man, that's nuts! Wow, what what other bells and whistles? What other bells and whistles you um, have on there? 
the main end vice is a uh, Veritas uh, twin screw with a chain. Nice. Um, so it's moving two screws. So cool. basically, it's it's a Moxon vice as well as an end vice and a face vice and a tail vice all in one. Yeah. And I can have multiple dog hole rows in line, so I can not only clamp a board with one dog hole row, but a second one and, and get multiple points. Yep. Um, and I'll have um, at least one leg vice. I might have a second leg vice on there. Um, and then I'm thinking about a, a smaller face vise in the back, tool storage built into it, and if I can swing it, uh, one of the new um, bench-crafted swing arm seats. Oh, man. Those are so, so nice, man. I, I, as soon as <laughs> I, I saw those, I'm like, I would like one of these, but $200, that, that hurts. That hurts a lot. What, what is it? So it's a it little, is a, yeah, it's a, go ahead. Like a bar stool seat, but it's stuck on this swing arm that you mount onto the leg of the bench. So oh. you don't need it, it swings underneath the bench, and when you need it, you swing it out. And so you're doing your chisel work, and you want to be sitting close to the bench. You can you have a seat there all the time. I've seen some of those like on tables where the seats fold under the tables yeah. like this. So it's like on a that'd be easy to make. Yeah. You just get some like uh, yeah, hinges. But the, and, yeah, the bench crafted one are like antique looking yeah, cast iron, cast and it's iron. curly cute and just absolutely gorgeous. Basically, oh. like everything benchcrafted, it's like yeah. it makes everything yeah. else just look like garbage, you know. And then, well, I can make some really crappy ones, <laughs> <laughs> some crappy looking ones. Yeah, yeah. They. That's uh, been the one thing that benchcrafted has been um, hinting at and pushing for the last like two, two and a half years, and they finally just came out with it uh, a few months ago. Yeah, uh, or, or finally for sale. I got to play with them at. Uh, um, at uh, the hand uh, handworks. Yeah, I think they and just released awesome. them for the first time there, and that was kind of like the, you know, yeah, they had first come first serve. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, they, they crush it with the hardware, man. It's it's pretty pretty impressive stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if any of you guys listening have never used their stuff in person. It is, it's kind of unreal. Like I at WIA last year, played eleven was there, and all all his benches used the the bench crafted stuff, and like just you just spin the handle on your leg vise, and it closes itself from like you know yeah, eight was, inches away. It is so sexy. Yeah, I've seen that. That there's a video where the guy like puts a two by four or something like in the leg vise, and like you said, from like two or three inches of space between it, he just like throws it. It spins and closes, and then like he puts all of his he yeah. puts all of his body weight on the two by four. So just like the momentum yep. from the clamp from the vice is insane. Yep. Um, well, and I use the cheapest ones I could find, and it still works. Yeah. I can't do that. But well, uh, the cool thing about I'm that cheap. crisscross hardware too is, which is what I used on on my leg vice, is that it has like a, a decent amount of toe in built in. So the leg vice is like basically angled like a quarter inch towards the the front of the bench. So that way, when it closes, it's really really tight, even without you having to really crank down on it. And, and especially if you add you know leather or something like that to the jaws to add that little bit extra extra grip, it's. It's it's really really grippy, so um, that that thing is really cool. So I'm I'm, I'm happy I went that route rather than the parallel guide. Uh, it just I don't know. It's just cool. Just <laughs> just a fun addition to the bench. So yeah, cool, nice. Well, is, uh, you got buying old tools as well, James. Oh yes, yeah. No, I've been. Uh, I, I went to several garage sales. One of my favorite things to do is go to estate sales, uh, particularly for um, antique tools. And I, I, I there was a, a guy just north of me who recently passed away, and when they opened up his garage and back, it was just packed with tools. Nice. And uh, they're just getting rid of them. And so today I bought uh, three hand planes for five bucks a piece. Um, a saw vice and a bunch of other things. And I, I love finding those. You don't find them very often, but when you do, um, estate sales can be phenomenal. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's where your grandpa's tools, uh, Craigslist alert, comes yes. in handy. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't. Uh, uh, when, when I pass away, make sure my wife doesn't sell my tools for what I told her I paid. <laughs> uh, yes, that is that's the classic woodworking <laughs> joke. That's funny. Cool. Zach, how about you, man? What you been working on? Um, so we got a rescue dog this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, I saw that. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but uh, so apparently 
um, there's a lot of like, there's this place called dead dog beach in, um, Puerto Rico where people like just dump off their sick dying dogs and it's a terrible place and people are mean and stuff. So, but, uh, this guy is a year old and he's incredible. He's actually, he's had like no, I mean, he's terrified of everything. He's, we've had him for five days. So he's finally starting to warm up to us. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I just, I put a video on my live thing on my Instagram, if anybody's curious, but, uh, so that's been taking a lot of my time, which was good because I was waiting. I was waiting for the upholstery for the chairs. I just got that yesterday. Um, I spent most of the day today bonding with my nine and a half block plane, which was actually really nice. <laughs> I had to chamfer love that thing, what, like 56 boards or something like that. Um, so that was uh it was a lot of work, but it was fun. It was quiet and it smelled nice and it was like relaxing and I really had a good time despite it being like a hundred degrees out there. Um so that let me see where's 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 my list here? There's a lot of stuff going on. Um one of my uh Instagram people, uh Cam, who lives about two hours north of me, came down last Saturday. I didn't really have any work that I had to do, so we knocked out some uh, blacksmith roses and some key fobs. That was fun. Um, there's not a whole lot of people my age within the, the near proximity. So it's always cool when somebody swings by for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, and, uh, just getting ready to, uh, I got to go ahead on that industrial desk. So I'll be ordering a whole bunch of material. Cool. This thing is going to be so heavy. It's, <laughs> I am intimidated. It has three inch C channel, which Jeez. is, which is really, really big and heavy yes and uh, and uh, so that's going to be all the way around the side and all legs are going to be doubled up c channel Jeez. so and nice. then the top is probably going to be either six quarter or eight quarter ash whoa um so it's i don't even i don't even know how much it's going to be but uh yeah, that's gonna be a freaking monster, man. That's that's like it's a, gonna, a shop table. It's like he that, well, he wants that. an industrial table, so I'm gonna give him an industrial table. <laughs> it, uh, I mean, you, it will be a table that you will be able to park your car on top of, no doubt about it. <laughs> that's crazy, man. I'm sure it'll hold his laptop just fine. <laughs> wow. That's and James crazy. has a pencil in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> get those uh, bugs out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so entertaining, like watching uh, James on the camera. Like last last week, he was yeah, chewing, chewing on his, on his headphone, headphone cord. Yeah, <laughs> James is yeah. the uh, the wild card. You really uh, yeah. just just never know what's what's going to happen. What what That's odd joke right. is going to make him lose it? And you know, it's just uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's funny. Absolutely. Nice. Cool. What was it the uh what was the the physics joke last week? Oh god, the it was I don't know, but you or something, I mean, I some bring ridiculous. That he'll, he'll, he'll lose it yeah. all, for the whole And I didn't even I didn't even get it. So, yeah, that was uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about physics to understand it. So, uh yeah. Well, I've been uh Chugging away on these dining chairs, trying to get them, uh, (laughs) trying to get them finished up. Uh, These have been by far my most difficult project to date, without question. They are just there's so many pieces, and the joinery is ridiculous. There's compound miters, and uh, it's it's been really tough trying to wrap my brain around it and and also i'm working off of an existing piece and trying to make it match perfectly so uh, it's been a little bit stressful but i've got the main kind of structure of the chair together i just need to add like the decorative like arts and crafts style rails to it and uh then i'll be ready to move on to finishing so um very done any uh test not Test yet. Matching? No, I uh, I'm probably going to do that tomorrow. Um, I was planning on delivering these this weekend, but it's just uh, this stuff. I'm trying to take my time so I don't screw these things up because you know these pieces. Trying to get them to the point they're at now has been a lot of work. So um, it's just taken longer than I really expected, and uh, which is okay. I mean, I don't think they're in any real rush, but uh, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna 
put on hopefully just the die stain will do it um i know like i was looking at jeff jewitt's like mission style finishing and he recommended <laughs> doing die stain then sanding it lightly to kind of expose that uh you know kind of the reflex again and then uh, adding a coat of shellac and then adding a coat of another type of stain to kind of get into the open pore structure of the oak and then put on your top coat on top of that. So that, that just seemed really involved and I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping just one I like, type of stain. I don't know. That's I like, like the toner approach. Yeah. Like that just seems to make the most sense to me. Like, so what you do is you, you know, if you feel like you need to put a base coat of stain or dye down, like on the raw wood, you can do that. And then you'll shoot it with, um, what you can do is you'll actually take your shellac or whatever um, top coat that you're going to use and uh, um, mix in like a dye stain yeah. with it. And then you can, I mean, you can mix it really lightly and then creep up on the final coat because each, each layer of toner is going to make it a bit darker, a little yep. bit more like whatever, you know, dye stain you're using. Yep. And then once you get there, then you seal it off with just a clear coat. That's, yeah. That, that I feel like if I were trying to match something, that would be my strategy. Yeah. I think that's basically exactly what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to put on one kind of initial, you know, fairly light coat of just the pure, you know, the brown mahogany general finishes dye stain. Spray that on. Not going to wipe it off because, you know, that stuff dries so quickly that I think trying to wipe it off of all those little rails and stuff would be very difficult. And it's kind of designed so that you don't have to wipe it off. That's that's kind of the beauty of those dye stains. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm using Endurovar, which is a water-based polyurethane. And uh, I'll, I'll probably tone that uh, if the first round of staining doesn't get that color I'm looking for. Um, but... Hopefully it'll be fairly simple. You know, I, I was considering like pre-finishing all these parts, but just managing glue <laughs> squeeze out and that kind of stuff in all these little parts would just be, I think, a nightmare. Um, I, I I know that like some people are really uh, big fans of pre-finishing, but it just seems very stressful to me. Um, you know, any dents or whatever that might occur during the glue up, it just seems, I don't know, it just seems like a pain. So. Um, cause you know, it's all mortise and tenon joinery. So I'm going to have to knock these things together for the most part. So, uh, that, that just you, seems you, risky. Are you familiar with the, uh, finishers color wheel? No, <laughs> Did I, I, I said it right. Didn't I, did I say color? It was pretty, it was pretty good. Okay. Um, anyway, type <laughs> Not that up in. To James it's, standards uh, evidently. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Midwest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the finishers color wheel there you go so, yeah. there you go and uh the artist color wheel um those are really awesome for matching stuff because say you don't have like um you know say whatever dye stain you're using is like too warm or too cool or too green or too red it kind of you can use that as a visual guide to figure out if you need to add more tint or more um shade or more whatever um, colors to make it match what you're going for. And, yeah. you know, cause if you're, if your hue is a little bit off, you, you might need to shift it over with some other stuff. So that can help you out. And also the finishers color wheel, um, that's kind of a wood specific one. And if you use trans tint, which is, uh, the stuff that Jeff Jewett actually makes the dye stain, he has a conversion chart on his website that's his dye stains are actually match the colors from that wheel. Nice. So it makes it really, um, I mean, if you, it's, I, I've never been in the position where I've had to really match something that close. So yeah. I've never really had to do that, but I have all of those tools just to help give me ideas and stuff. So, um, that's, that's a good strategy or a good, good tools to have on hand i think yeah i basically bought as many versions it seems like this brown mahogany color is kind of what everybody their go-to for that arts and crafts kind of mission style color um and mm -hmm. so i bought or i have the general finishes uh dye stain in brown mahogany their water-based stain in brown mahogany which is more like a wipe on stain and then uh the trans tint in brown mahogany so Hopefully between those three, I'll be able to figure out some sort of combination because that's the other nice thing is like, again, if the general finishes one is a little off, I can use the trans tint as a toner in my, uh, you know, clear coat 
and hopefully that'll work out. So we'll see. Um, I, I'm confident that it will work, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But just happy to have these things almost done. Uh, they they have they've been very intimidating. You know, I, I I don't think I've ever used compound miters on any pieces before, and like trying to wrap my head around how that would work with the domino just was like hurting my brain yesterday and just made me want to like totally quit this project and be like hey 300 bucks for the oak worth it worth the loss because <laughs> man I, it was uh i don't know you know like i, I just haven't done anything like that before so it was uh it, it was good to one, have that success the time yeah pretty much pretty much so yeah the 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 domino actually made it pretty easy but uh it took a little thinking beforehand. So, um, and then if you guys are listening in the feed, the video I'll put out this week is the rustic bathroom vanity, which uh, I built six of those. That's why I missed the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, so that'll be, that'll be a good one. They're fairly simple. I built them with dominoes, but, uh, you could apply the exact same principles with dominoes or with dowels or, uh, pocket holes. So, uh, they're pretty basic vanities and, Good for sprucing up any of your bathrooms. So good kind of honeydew list project, I think. So, yeah. Cool. Well, man, we've spent a lot of time on <laughs> the intro. So uh, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, that's good. So our main topic this week is going to be just shop safety and kind of what, you know, our kind of procedures in the shop are and, you know, some things that, you know, maybe close calls we've had and that kind of stuff. Uh, so you guys can hopefully avoid making the same errors. So uh, who wants to kick us off? It looks like, James, you've got some stuff written down there. Yeah, well, uh, for me, it's a little bit different um, because a, a hand tool shop, you know, a lot of people think that it's it's safer, um, but it is very easy to get lackadaisical and, you know, slice your finger off with a chisel. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is it is kind of nice because all of my tools are flesh sensing. They they tend to stop working when they sense flesh. Um, but I mean, even then, it, it's something that you have to you have to kind of keep your your wits about you and, and slow down and think about things. And I think that is one of the things that probably causes more injuries than anything else is just someone in a rush. They've got to get this done. They want to get it finished, and you just you you miss that step. Or you turn around quickly and knock something off the bench and slice your foot. Um, that's experience talking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you just slow down and think about what you're doing, um, enjoy the time in the shop, you'll find that you, you become far more safe in what you're doing because you have that chance to really think through each step. You know, where is your hand going and what are you doing next? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I was I was told a while ago, and I, I like it, is uh, you know you should have respect for every tool in the shop. Um, you should especially have respect for the tools you know very well, because it's it's often the tools you know very well that come back to bite you, um, because you get so complacent and used to them that you turn around and um, you just you don't think about that because it's not something you've done in a while. Uh, but that being said, tools you don't know, um, you should fear. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that that often comes naturally, but um, be willing to, to slow down and think about the process even more than. Yeah, I feel like it's like a lot of the stuff that happens. It happens with tools that you're super comfortable with. I mean, you get a new tool that you don't that you're not familiar with. Like so much of your brain is devoted to like what could go wrong how do i do this safe this is the first time i've done this i you know and you're you're really actually incredibly cautious no matter i mean typically you have a new tool it's just uh you know dar it's survival of the fittest like you're <laughs> you're uh you're going to you're going to really think things through before you put it to use the first time but where if it's some tool that you've used a 100 times you just you know might slip your mind and yep. uh so yeah, that's something to be aware of. Yeah, definitely. I mean that. I think that was the big reason I went with the saw stop was because the table saw is one of those tools that you know, especially if you're in a project that's doing a lot of ripping, uh, you know, you, you get you can get complacent. It's very easy for your mind to wander when you're doing yeah. the exact same task over and over again. 
and uh, that's that's not a great tool <laughs> to to have your mind wander while using. So, um, you know, for me, especially since most of the time I'm woodworking, I am at home by myself. So that's that's the other thing. You know, if there yeah. was an accident. Uh, I, I both live in the country and I am not very close to a hospital and, you know, I'm home alone. So, uh, that, those are not great things when, uh, accident potential is there. So yeah, that any, any tool I can get that's going to improve the, the safety in my shop, I, I'm all for it. Like if there was a saw stop technology on every tool out there, I would try to get that on every tool I had available because, like, I mean, there are plenty of other super, super dangerous tools. I mean, the, like, the jointer scares me. Like, and that's another one where I get kind of complacent because, again, you know, like when you've got a 100 parts that you need to joint, it's uh, it, it's easy to, again, let your mind wander. And if yeah. your hand slips off that piece and, you know, goes into that head, that cutter head, <laughs> That's not going to be very pretty. So, uh, especially I think helical head is probably even worse for you. So, <laughs> the, the the fresh new helical head. So, yeah, that's uh, and my my big one is the the router table. Oh that yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that one freaks me out. And it scares the living bejesus out of me. So I my mind does not really wander when I'm using it because I'm always trying to think. Okay, now which direction am I feeding this? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that that one uh, I have. And my my dad took a chunk out of his finger when I was Oof. growing up on the router table. That has, that has stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I mean, and and that that's got to be one of the more dangerous tools because it's it's exposed and it will pull your hand towards it if you go in the wrong direction for a half a millisecond. You know, so yeah. it's uh, that's one to definitely definitely respect a lot. So. Um, for me, the other big uh, shop safety stuff is just PPE in general, you know, personal protective equipment or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much always wearing safety glasses, and I have the ridiculously big uh, dorky ones. Um, a, because they protect more of my eyeballs, but B, they have, like, adjustable, uh, the, the part that goes behind your ear, so, like, it doesn't get as uncomfortable when I'm wearing my, my you know, big earmuffs. Um but I pretty much always have those on. Like like this morning, I was uh, I had cut the dominoes and I was taking a piece apart and was pulling up on it really hard and stupidly had my face right above it and it slammed right into me. It was like you know white oak, <laughs> perfectly square corner and bounced off my glasses, knocked them off my face, and then hit my cheek. And you know had I not had glasses on, that would have hit my eye and that would have sucked. So. You know, even when you're just, even when you're not running a tool, I leave them on all the time because it's just, it's just too easy. You know, so yeah. One of the uh, one of the shops I was at in uh, um, in my master's work, if you were caught without your safety glasses in the shop, you had to wear the scarier pants off pair, <laughs> and that was a pair that the uh, the instructor had shot with a brad nail. So you're wearing the glasses, and the tip of the brad nail is pointing at your eye. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just to show you that, you know, if if you're wearing the glasses, then it doesn't get to your eye. But if you aren't wearing the glasses, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oof. Yeah, that. I mean, that. You know, and, and it just even when you're not using a tool, it, it can happen. So um, that that's definitely something. You know. In the hand tool world, um, I still wear PPE. Um, yeah. They're called wooden clogs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, because anytime you're working on the bench uh, with chisels, chisels have a tendency to roll, and uh, you know your foot's down there, or you know even a flat blade screwdriver rolling off the bench and driving into an open toe, um, that, that's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yep, definitely, definitely. Um, the other big one for me was dust collection, you know, and I, I invested a pretty big mm -hmm. chunk of money this past year in dust collection, but, you know, again, out in the shop for hours and hours on end, and not only is it convenient because it makes a lot less of a mess, but it's a lot healthier uh, for your lungs, and, you know, I also try to wear a respirator as much as possible. I mean, it's, it's kind of tough, you know coming into these summer months it gets really hot wearing a respirator and the earmuffs and the glasses and all that stuff so that's why i really 
I wanted a really good dust collection system to hopefully make it so I don't need to wear the respirator all the time. But, uh, yeah, that, and, and then the other thing is sawdust on the floor and, and, and nooks and crannies and stuff is a really good way to start fires. So, um, trying to, you know, get sawdust out of, uh, you know, sitting around your shop is, is a very good idea. So did um, you guys see the, uh, the, uh, steel wall on my Instagram that oh caught yeah. on fire the that other day? Oh nice. yeah. That was the craziest thing. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in the shop. Yeah, that so was nuts. I wish I would have saved. I wish I would have saved the video. So, um, I have a uh, a container, and it just has a spool of, um, or I should say, had. I had a container that had a spool of steel wool in it, um, like the non-waxed stuff. And I was grinding in my shop, and I thought I smelled something. I looked over, everything looked around, everything's fine. And then a bit later, I noticed that the box was charring. So I throw the box on the ground and. Uh, super hot and so i pull out the steel wool with like needle nose pliers and i'm like wow this thing is on fire or something it's just super hot and it's really weird didn't look it just looked completely normal i come back like 30 minutes later and i put my hand above it. i'm like this thing is insanely hot so i open it up and that was on my instagram video i open it like open it up with the uh, needle nose pliers and the inside is just like molten orange hot um, and the outside was completely fine. So it was just totally crazy. And then the next video is me quenching it and like violently quenching it in a bucket of water. And it like almost shot all the water out of the container. So, yeah, uh, that was really scary to me because it was pretty much like would have burned down my garage if I wouldn't have noticed it. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was, you couldn't notice it with your eyes. Like it just, it, there's no flames. There's no fire. It was just, it's really weird. So yeah. Yeah, that, that's... When I used to do welding, I always made sure that, um, number one, you know, I'm always taking a break and just looking around me because sure shooting the fire always starts behind you when you're focused on the welding in front of you. Uh, but number two, I always tried to plan my work so that I would have something to do after the welding so that I could at least be in the shop for, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes after the welding just to make sure that nothing is smoldering in a corner somewhere. Yep. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've had I've had two different fires from a welder before, and they scare the pants out of you. Every like fire I've had has been from grinding. I haven't had one from welding. I've had. I actually caught my. Uh, I had like a. I think I had like a. I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of jacket, and uh, I was grinding, and just the heat build up. I mean, you can tell when you're grinding. Like if the sparks hit you in the same spot for a few seconds, it gets kind of warm. And well, apparently it was loose enough to where I didn't feel it. And then all of a sudden I looked down and like my jacket was on fire. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the two, the two flame fires I've had, I mean, they've been really minute and I've, I've caught them, but they've, they've all been from grinding. So, yep. Yeah, Speaking that, of fire, oily rags. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's a, a huge one. Yeah. If you're using, I'm any paranoid sort of, about those. I'm, so. I'm actually going to be doing a video on that here soon. I'm, I'm planning on, showing how they combust and actually doing a, a sped up video of them catching on fire. Yeah. So I've had it, I've had it happen twice once on purpose to show that it does happen. And another time because I wadded them up and left them. <laughs> yeah. I used to, when I used to work at a bar, one of our, uh, one of the guys, our regulars that came in, he was staying at somebody else's house and using their shop. And he actually caught his garage on fire, like Oof. from, uh, I don't know if it was stain or boiled linseed oil or something, but so I'm always super paranoid. Like anytime I use any, any like sort of oily rag or something, the first thing I do is spread it out and find a place to, to lay it down. Yeah. Yeah. I sit it out in the middle of my driveway with like a rock sitting in the center of it. So it can't even like blow away. So it's like (laughs) on concrete with a rock on it. So, and totally folded out flat and, I'd leave it there for like well, the, three days. <laughs> the crazy thing about it is it takes very precise um, symptoms for this for the combustion to actually take occur and to occur. You need to have the right amount of oil in the rag. You need to have the right amount of crushing. You crush the rag too much and it won't combust. Or if you have it too open, it won't combust. And then it has to be in the right environment where there's not enough air movement for um, it to be blown out. Um, unfortunately, a trash can with a wadded up rag is almost exactly what it needs every yep. time. Yep. Um, and 
you know, as long as you're staying away from that, you're, you're usually pretty safe. But uh, and most, uh, that's that's the, the freaky thing. Everyone, when they're done with a rag, they wad it up, they throw it in the trash can, and that's, yep. that's where it happens. A lot of, you know, the best way to do it is to get a metal trash can, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, most, most shops that are actually, yeah, you know, doing can. this kind of stuff, that's where that goes. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the more kind of scarier things is like something that's completely, you know, you're not doing anything fire related that can just light on fire. So, yeah, that's a, that's definitely one to keep in mind. Um, the other thing for me is just to reduce as much clutter as I can in the shop, you know, and because, and, I mean, even the simple stuff. While it's maybe not life threatening, it can suck and it can hurt. You know, if you if you have a bunch of wood like leaned up on the wall in like a precarious manner and move one board and the whole stack falls over and you know hits you or whatever. Yeah. I mean that, that that kind of stuff. It's just not a great way to to spend your day. So um, anytime you can organize things and and you know keep them in the place that they are meant to go. Um, you know, again, that's just less nooks and crannies for sparks and and dust and all that kind of stuff to build up and uh it's it's very helpful and spiders man my shop seems to have stinking <laughs> freaking spiders everywhere so it's like shop like spider heaven so uh, I, I try to avoid try to keep corners empty and and cleaned out because that's inevitably where the spiders inhabitate so yeah yeah back to the uh, the idea of um uh, safety practices one of the things that i like to do is whatever the force i'm putting into something i make sure that that force is either not at a spinning blade or not at myself uh, so like if i am pushing a board through a table saw uh, i make sure that if for some reason that board were to suddenly disappear that my hand would not go into the blade um, so that my, my the force of my hand would go by the blade or would go in a different direction, but it would not actually be aiming at the blade. Or if I'm working with a chisel, um, I make sure that the the force of the impact, even if there is no board in between me and the chisel, I make sure that, that chisel isn't pointing at me. Um, just making sure that that directional force, because you never know when something's going to slip. Um, I mean, the the only time I've come close to having a problem on a table saw was one time I was I was pushing a board through just like normal and for some reason my leg twitched um and for you know just like a weird odd spasm in my the side of my body collapsed and my hand just suddenly slid forward and went towards the blade um, I was able to save it before hitting the blade but um if I wasn't you know if I was a, a millisecond later my palm would have gone right into the saw blade and it wasn't something you could plan for. It was just I was pushing in the wrong direction. My hand was in line with the blade, pushing towards the blade. Yeah, See, I always with with the table saw, like I really, I always use two push sticks, and my mm-hmm. hand never, like I I cringe personally anytime I see somebody like slide their hand past the blade, like <laughs> like between the blade and the fence. I, I have never done that in my life. And I use my table saw so much. I, I that that's one area where I'm not as safe as I should be. And uh Well at least it not that you should like change yeah. because you have a saw stop, but at least at least you have a saw yeah. stop. Like mine mine would cut me in half and just keep on going yeah. like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. and and uh but yeah so i always use two push sticks i have one that uh i mean i'll use my so i'll have a push stick in my left hand at all times if i'm at my table saw and that left hand i take that and i push the stock up against the fence so it can't it can't move so it's locked in that one dimension and then i'll take my hand and I'll push it up until the back of the board is just hardly over the table saw. And then I'll grab my other push stick that's sitting on the fence and I'll push it the rest of the way through. And I found the trick with that is with the push stick that you're pushing the stock through, you actually want to have it as close to the blade as possible, but on the, you know, but on obviously on the side, well, I don't even have to finish that sentence. You want it, you want it to be close to the blade because I mean, if you think about it, that way, that pressure you're pushing will actually, if it does cock the board, it'll cock it um, to where it doesn't kick back. If you push, if you put your push stick as close to the fence as possible and you try and push your stock through, it could actually, yep. I mean, you imagine it twisting and 
then you could get kickback. So, but I have never had a problem and I do, you know, I use, I use my saw all the time. So that's, that's my yeah. strategy. And also once the, uh, once the stock passes, cause obviously you can't keep that inward pressure all the time with your left hand. Once your stock is almost past the blade, you run out of place to push. So take the left hand, the left stick over and I'll push in the split, the kerf behind the blade, I'll push that piece up against the fence to finish the cut. So, yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever there is an accident with a tool, it is, uh, it, it, it's, it's always surprising. Um, like we had a, a guy in one of the shops, I was supervisor. Um, he had been working with this exact same saw for probably five, six years. And he'd been working with a table saw for 40 years and um, it was a saw stop, thank goodness. And the blade fired and he got a nick on his finger. Um, but it was just, I mean, he knew the saw. He didn't ever expect anything to happen. He was using fairly safe practices. Um, but it was just that one time where he comes becomes slightly complacent and you can never see it coming. Yep. It can be the normal day, a normal everyday thing that's going to happen and it bites you. And y- y- you can't ever see it coming you're not ever going to expect it until it happens yeah. it's it's good to think about that because i mean it's obvious that i mean obviously nobody that's ever hurt themselves on a tool went into it thinking like yeah i might hurt myself doing this <laughs> yeah i mean i hope yeah. not maybe there's some people out there but i mean anybody who does this for a living i mean people bad things happen to people and nobody ever expects it so you know trying to coming up with a system and every time and one of the things I mean, I actually feel pretty safe on my table saw just because the worst thing that can happen is kickback. And I'm never standing behind where that can happen. I mean, it could kick out and whack me, but it's not. I'm never standing behind it. My hands never pass the blade. Like, So what I actually, one of the things that I worry about is my footing on the table saw. I'm like, that's one of the bad things that could happen. If I slip or get off balance, I don't know why that could happen. Maybe, you know, some idiot will walk up behind me and say boo or something. I don't know, but I always make sure that, um, I always make sure that I have a good, good footing to where I can't slip or yep. something can't happen to me and I can't fall into it. Cause well, that's I mean, pretty much the last. Yeah. I mean, sawdust on a concrete floor will make it slippery. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll get between the sole yeah. of your shoe and kind of make the rubber not work. And, uh, and with a table saw, that sawdust occurs while oh, yeah. you're making the cut. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we've <laughs> got something some, that appears. <laughs> yeah, we've got some comments in the live chat about how uh, they feel like push sticks a lot of times make them feel like they're not as much in control. And, and I would agree with that. And that I think that is part of the reason I don't use them as much is especially the ones that are included with your table saw are absolutely <laughs> terrible. The one time I've had true kickback where the board shot out and hit my garage door and left a dent uh, was I was using the dinky little push stick that was included with the saw stop. And uh, so I think one thing definitely is make your own push stick. And it's just something I've been stupidly putting off that has a much more beefy handle and pushes down, uh, you know, in a long distance, you know, like a, you know, eight or nine inches extension, like pushing down on the board because the little sticks that come with your table saw, they're like pushing down on like the, the very last like inch of the board. And it's so easy. And they're, you know, like uh, less than half an inch wide. So the amount of like actually contact that's occurring on the board is just next to nothing. So, um, you know, like, uh, Jay Bates has a really simple, uh, push stick that he made out of like a piece of two by six scrap. And, you know, it's got like a little hook cut on the end. So that'll, you know, basically grip it as it goes through and it's nice and long and wide and it's just everything a push stick needs to be basically. So, um, I definitely, for, for all you in the, in the live chat who are kind of mentioning that push sticks generally are really squirrely. I would agree with you. And, uh, see, uh, I, I feel like it's just something that you, you're, you have to get used to. I mean, well, and it also depends on the, the board you're pushing through, because I mean, if you're pushing a, a large sheet of plywood, you're not going to be using push sticks because you're going to yeah. be out away from it. Yeah, but if, do you're, have, if you're like ripping down a, uh, you know, a two inch wide board, um, that is, you know, <laughs> yeah, 
you need yeah. a push stick. Yeah, I, I use I do use the um, the micro or the grip block. Yep, the um, gripper. Yeah, well, so the grip I do block, use, I, not the gripper, right? Because there's two; oh, those are two different products. Yeah, I have I have the gripper, and it's still in a box. Yeah, like yeah. they're super like the intricate erector set thing. I've never, I've never needed yeah. that. Um, well, and but uh, I they're they're, they're yeah. basic one, just the rubber one with the little hook legs on it. Yeah, uh, I use that, like you said, if I have a big piece that you just you, it's impractical to use push sticks on. Um, I just I think that the comfort of knowing that I'm always going to have ten fingers outweighs the discomfort of using push sticks for ten seconds. Well, and I'm actually great. really, really con- I, personally. I mean, this is I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm really comfortable using them. Yeah. Like, I don't think that it's um, uncomfortable so. that they're saying. I think they they say that they feel like they have less control over the piece, so then you know more likely to have it twist and bind and, and cause kickback and, and that kind of thing, which. Uh, with you know the little crappy ones that are included with most all table saws, uh, I I totally agree. I mean that's uh, that that does not does not work very well. Um, so like you said though, it's pretty easy to make your own if you yeah, have to. Very it's, very easy. Yeah. Um, so so the, the thing about the gripper that I don't like very much, and, and it works pretty well, um, but I use an overarm uh, dust collection. A blade guard on my table saw blade and even if it's not dust collection if you are using your blade guard the gripper is completely useless um, the the way it works is it forms a bridge over the blade and so you know i to me it's a little counterintuitive because you know i, I think common wisdom would be it's a good idea to have your blade guard on when you can um so I don't know. It's never been something that I've loved that much. And also just the whatever rubber they use, it just gets gummed up with sawdust really easily and loses its grip. Um, same thing on the, the grip block thing, because that's what I use on my jointer. Um, so I've never uh, never loved either of those things. But, yeah, I, I think I actually have some scraps of 2 by 8 left over from this uh, Rubo build, and I think I'll just do uh, Jay's design because it's – you know, it's as dead simple as possible. Um, I'll I'll throw a link in the uh, in the show notes. Um, you know, there's really <laughs> I'm throwing a link. I'm throwing a link of me doing my push stick method right now in the live chat for anybody who's curious. It's it's just a link to me doing what I'm talking about in one of my videos. Cool. So anyway, cool. But uh, yeah, the 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 ones that I wrote down, um, obviously table saw. We talked about that. Routers, I've had a few close calls with routers. They will get you when you're not <laughs> expecting it. Um, yeah. A lot of the times when you turn it off, because, I mean, they don't just stop, obviously. They have to wind down. And uh, that, like, anytime you're not suspecting it, they're they're tricky. Like, they're, you know, you'll turn it off and you'll think, okay, it's fine. But that thing's still spinning it, I don't know, a lot of zeros for RPMs. Yeah. And uh, it catches one thing. It doesn't just spin in circles around there the thing jumps out and you have a you know a cutting edge spinning at 10,000 13,000 rpm just hanging out there so i mean if it touches you it's going to it's going to go right through whatever it touches so routers uh in one of the thing not just the router making sure it's secure and getting your directions right but obviously your your stock your material um that's just as bad so that's yeah. just one thing that i always want to you know, I always take the extra time to, to make sure of, um, slivers, those I've had some really nasty slivers. I've had some, actually, I had one like four months ago that went through my finger and I had to actually pull it out the other side cause it went in through and then it like broke off in half and it was closer to the exit. So I had to like pull, I actually had to dig it out and pull it through my finger. Um, just make sure that like, if you're, running your hand along an edge like make sure you know what the bottom side looks like and oh, uh yeah. you know that that's how that happened um I mean, splinters welding in general man splinters are <laughs> i'm just took like four days to get this giant one out of my finger so yeah don't don't run your fingers along the edge of anything you know if you're working yeah. metal or wood even sandpaper yeah like uh sanding blocks like when you put your sandpaper on them, you know, and it gets gummed up and you like slap the bottom of it to get yep. the sand off. I have gotten some really, really nasty 
paper cl- or paper cuts before, oh, yeah. just from like oh. trying to smack off the the gunk on the bottom of a sanding block, and the edge just caught me right, yep. like right in the crease on your finger. It was terrible. Yep. Um, that uh, welding and uh, stuff with PPE, which truth be told, I don't wear a whole lot of that because it's 106 degrees here normally. It's you just it's not even an option. Um, but I have to for some of the shots and some of my videos and, uh, I've actually, I can't stand it to be honest because some, some of it's loose and loose, loose like sleeves and anything where, you know, if you're not, if you're wearing short sleeves, I mean, if you're a welder or something, you're obviously going to want to wear it. But if you're just doing small tack welds and stuff, like I'm usually doing most of the time, if I have to run a long, a lot of welds, I'm, I'm going to wear something so that I don't get a ton of UV exposure. But for tack welding and stuff, I actually hate that because, you know, when initially that arc strikes, that's when little chunks of molten metal go flying in the air. And if you have a sleeve that that can go down, it's going to go down there and it's going to get stuck between your skin and the sleeve or your glove. It'll fall down there. Uh, just the other week, actually probably two weeks ago, I have, I was wearing a leather bracelet and welding and, uh, a couple of berries flew off and went down and stuck in between my bracelet under my wrist. And I actually heard it like my skin sizzling. Yeah. It was really, really nasty. So, uh, don't wear, don't wear anything. Just if you're <laughs> welding, just think of where stuff can get stuck and uh, avoid that. Just do like and Kyle's also hooks some and of the just be naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, some of the other stuff that I've been thinking about lately is is the not the immediate you know safety stuff that you think of that's gonna you know, be a violent injury, but the stuff over time, if you're doing this a lot, you want to break a lot of bad habits. And I've noticed two things a lot. Uh, one, if you're swinging a hammer a lot, uh, it's like doing blacksmithing and stuff. You don't want your thumb to be along the top of the hammer. It's a bad habit. It wreaks havoc on your tendons. So, I mean, if you're doing a lot of something, just make sure you know the ergonomical way to do it. There's a right way to swing a hammer. And there's probably a lot of people that don't know that there's a right way to swing a hammer. Um, also, uh, over gripping and I, this is my worst habit. I grab like whatever tool I'm using, I have a death grip on it and it, uh, I mean, I, it, it just, I can feel it at the end of the day. Like even today when I was using that block plane, I'm like, I don't need to hold on to this thing for dear life, you know, and pretty much any tool I'm using the angle grinder. I noticed this when I, with the plasma cutter, cause if you grab on, to the plasma cutter super tight like your heartbeat your everything shows up when you're cutting like it's just you want it to be light and smooth and if you have a death grip on stuff not only is it gonna you know fatigue you at the end of the day but a lot of the times it's actually detrimental especially like if you're joining a board with a, a planer or something i mean you don't want you actually want to be loose it's a fluid motion you know you grab onto stuff too tight and it gets jerky and yep so just being aware of those things not only for safety but it can you know it can actually benefit your work as well yep so that's my list cool well i think that uh, pretty well covers shop safety if you guys have any more questions uh, feel free to uh, you can send us a voice memo actually if you want uh, that's a great way to uh, have your voice be heard on the show so uh, i guess you can just email me uh, johnny at craftedworkshop.com and uh, i'll get it loaded onto the show here so um yeah you guys are all safe now yeah exactly hopefully our mistakes have uh have been passed on to you uh (laughs) well not passed on but uh the knowledge of those mistakes (laughs) has been passed on so you can avoid them so uh yeah, so we've got a couple of Q&As, but we're going to save those for the after party. Uh, so live listeners, stick around for that. And anybody listening on the feed, uh, you can get access to that if you get on our Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash craftedpodcast. So uh, we do have a joke of the week uh, from Scott Curtis. So this is a pretty good one. Uh, how do lumberjacks get fired? They get the axe. How do they get fired, Johnny? <laughs> they get the axe. Nice. That was a pretty good one. I, I like that one, Scott. So thank you for that. If you guys have 
jokes of the week feel free to submit them social media contact form however you want so uh, i guess let's move into what we've been watching so uh james see so you got something written down yeah i've been watching uh wood and shop um when i when i first got into hand tools i watched him all the time and he is very much focused on traditional hand tool woodworking yeah um, so not just hand tools but how is it done in the 18th century how is it done in the 16th century um and i, I really i like his he is a, a very slow paced um, but he does a lot of interviews and going to see artisans and crafts and craftsmen and um, keeping the 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 historical value of it alive and, and fantastic beautiful videos so definitely worth the watch yeah he is uh what well, his name's joshua right he does yeah outstanding outstanding stuff if it's a uh, really good production value just cool shop environment so definitely definitely worth checking out uh, if, if uh, you're into hand tools at all even if you're not honestly if you're into woodworking uh, they're just nice looking videos and super detailed like very very in-depth so yeah good stuff there um, well, I uh, just want to mention Kyle Toth. Uh, he hit 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> yes. uh, and the video that he put out is just Epic. ridiculous, hilarious, just everything Kyle represents in the woodworking world. So uh, Trust in Timber, uh, I guess, directed the video and did an amazing job. He has some serious video talent. And I don't know, did you watch the behind-the-scenes video, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the amount I didn't even of work. See the video. Oh, dude. Yeah, go oh, go, go watch as soon it. As right the now. show's over, yeah, go watch it. Uh, it's it's incredibly incredibly well produced. They they shot a lot of it at the YouTube space there in LA, and so they used like four red cameras or three red cameras on the shoot, which is just ridiculous. Like just one red camera is more than like both. Like I don't know, it's like hundred thousand dollars, some stupid amount of money. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's more than Johnny's thing. shop is worth. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a great video. Uh, Kyle definitely deserves it. He's an amazing woodworker. So, yeah, definitely go check that out as well. So, Zach, what about you? Uh, mostly the dog this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's See seriously that's the truth. Yeah. Um takes a lot of attention what's funny is that you know we have another little dog and that one's been more of a pain in the ass this week than our new dog like our and so anyway <laughs> that's funny. that's no relevance to this podcast but it's the truth <laughs> nice all right cool well uh, i guess let's close it out with favorite tool of the week zach what you got nine and a half block plane yeah um we, we had some quality time today, and it was really nice. It was just quiet, and, like, my hands smelled so nice. Like, I didn't want to wash them. It was just, like, just, it, <laughs> it was just heavenly. Like, I feel like James right now. But, no, it was just, like, it was just so nice to just have quiet. I could hear my music, and it just smells nice, and, it, like, it's just not... Isn't was it nice when the wood easily flows through your hand? Oh, I miss I miss working with wood. I haven't done much of it in the past <laughs> few months, so it was uh, it was a nice day. And then uh, yeah, so that, that's my tool of the week. Nice, James. How about you? Cool. Uh, I saw Vice. Um, I have I, I just purchased a, a new one, and I, well, a saw vice is what you use to hold a saw in place when you file the teeth and sharpen them. And it is amazing the difference that happens when you actually get a good saw vice as opposed to just a couple blocks of wood. So, yeah, I've been loving that thing. Nice. nice. Hey, quick question for you, James. Um, the saw nuts to screw the handle sides uh -huh. together, do you know where to get those? There are... Um, yeah, it depends on what type you want. Do you want it's a, split nuts? It's or? an old Diston. My my grandpa has an old, uh, or he had an old Diston, and it's in my hands now. And um, honestly, the cheapest place to get them is to go to an antique store and buy another saw and use the nuts from that because you can pick them up for two to three bucks a piece. Yeah. Oh, um, other than that, um, uh, Blackburn Tools um, sells them, okay. but cool. uh, you pay through the nose for new ones. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good idea. Nice. 
Well, my tool of the week is the Rubo. Uh, that thing, man, having that set up is just, it's its a game changer for sure. So uh, having vices, it's, it's just really oh, yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> the leg vice and the wagon vice and man, it's even for like a power tool shop, you know, I was using it today and uh, with the domino extensively and just being able to hold oh, yeah. like chair legs, like these chair legs are really long and weird shaped. And, uh, you know, it, it would have been next to impossible to try to hold them, uh, vertically, uh, effectively and no problem with the leg vice. So that thing is, Do you realize that we all mentioned hand tools. Ah, it's weird. That's know. true. Even me. <laughs> Even me. <laughs> yeah, well, you have a bench now, man. That's going to change. change. I, CNC. Oh, I'm my gonna God. I'm going to change mine to the CNC just, <laughs> just to go against the game now. <laughs> so the R Johnny is going to sell all of his power tools and become strictly hand tool. Yeah. You know, if – I mean, <laughs> you know, if, if I didn't, like, have any interest in client work, I would totally do that, I think, because it is way more relaxing. I mean, flattening my workbench top, like, that feeling of the shavings – coming off the top when i was just doing the final kind of smoothing pass with that 38 degree blade that was like just that was a a moment you know that was that the feeling there was it was very good it was this was a very this is a very romantic episode like it's very james i mean i'm like i'm understanding what james like the emotions he's going through now because i was like just sweaty and like these huge curls of pine where you know because southern yellow pine is pretty nice to play in it, oh, yeah. it, it just especially that straight stuff you have yeah it just freaking curls i mean it was it was beautiful so and that was with like a probably half dull <laughs> blade so uh, i can't imagine what a sharp blade would do so um yeah cool well uh i guess that'll do it for this week's episode again live listeners stick around we got the after party uh and if you guys listening in the feed want to hear it check us out on patreon And uh, I guess until next week, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. See you later.